the fourth Sunday after Easter is often known as Good Shepherd Sunday because each year on this fourth Sunday we read from the tenth chapter of the Gospel of John. And that entire chapter is about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. He identifies himself as the Good Shepherd and assures promises his followers that he knows them each by name, that he cares for each and every one of us, and that his intention is to lead us into abundant life, life rich in relationship with God and each other. From the moment I entered seminary, they told me that the image of the shepherd was an ancient agrarian image and useless in modern society. Most people, the professors contend, now live in cities and suburbs and do not know anybody who earns their living as a shepherd. I don't know about you, I never bought that. From the moment I entered church school, on the upstairs floor of the parish house of the little church in Mount Kisco, I saw hanging on the wall an image of a shepherd. Draped around his neck was a little lamb. And I think even before they told me, I knew that figure was Jesus. I knew that lost lamb was me. And I knew whatever happened in life, Jesus would come and find me. That image was bad art and wonderful imagery. I think it formed and shaped both my spiritual life and my understanding of my place in the cosmos. Life can often be difficult, threatening, and hazardous. And I have certainly gotten in trouble from time to time as I have walked through it. But I have always known that somehow or another, as difficult and precarious as life sometimes is, somehow in a way I don't understand and can't explain, somehow I'm safe. There is a shepherd who knows my name and cares for me and will carry me home. Of the various different things we need 
to teach our children. And I often think about that between Mother's Day and Father's Day. Of the things we need to teach our children, not only the little ones over in North Hall, but the little child in each of us, is that we have a good shepherd. The world can be difficult out there. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and we need to teach our children how to compete in it, which is why we sign them up for all those sports. And it can be dangerous out there, which is why we tell them again and again in one form or shape or another, always look both ways before you cross the street. There are consequences and dangers out there, but we also need to teach them about that good shepherd. Today happens to be an anniversary, a wedding anniversary for my wife and I. And so we spent a couple days earlier in the week up at Mystic Seaport, particularly in the Seaport Museum. And we learned about human trafficking when we toured the Amistad. And we learned that human beings have destroyed many species of whales when we toured the Charles Morgan, the last of those whaling ships now being significantly (laughs) repaired. But in spite of all those harsh realities, as we walked around the museum, as we enjoyed the magnificent beauty of those days, as we watched swallows build a nest in one of those barns and feed their young, the wonder and glory and beauty of this world just kept just kept coming at us and we couldn't miss it and i think we don't miss it because we know about that shepherd and we know that shepherd intends for us abundant life. You just need to keep looking because it's there. And so I think, I know, that in our bad days, we ought to find a prayer book or a Bible or a hymnal and re-read in one of its forms the 23rd Psalm reminds us of the abundant fields and still waters God wants to lead us by 
When we sit in prayer or kneel in prayer, I think before we talk to God, we should hold one of the images of that good shepherd in our imagination because it will form and shape us. Imagine we're being carried home or held in the shepherd's arms, known, cared for, and somehow safe. And I think that's my first and main point today, that we have this good shepherd. But I have another point, if you'll indulge me a few minutes. Some of you know that my brother is a real shepherd. He raises a couple of sheep, sells some freezer lambs, fence, antibiotics, and he shears herds from Prince Edward Island to New Jersey and teases my mom about having two shepherds for sons. <laughs> if you need a deal on a shepherd's crook, I'm sure I can arrange it. So the shepherd's crook, we've probably all heard a little about it. The hook can be used to pull the sheep to safety. And the whole thing can be used on predators. But most of us don't know very much about the other end. Sometimes sharp, and it's used to prod. The root of the Hebrew word for this end is the same root word as the word comfort. Your staff protects and comforts me. Same word in the 40th chapter of Isaiah, we know from Handel's Messiah, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. We need to be comforted, prodded through life. So uh, what have I learned about sheep visiting my brother? You've all heard they're stupid, and I haven't learned anything to dissuade me of that opinion. <laughs> but what I am most struck by is their lack of awareness, and particularly social awareness. During the lambing season, my brother keeps a baby monitor in the barn and on his night table. And he can hear when one of the ewes begins to give birth, yelping as she does. He gets dressed and runs into the barn because many of the ewes cannot give birth 
without help, but which is so amazing to me is that the high percentage of the ewes after having given birth stand up and walk away. If my brother is not there to grab the lamb and rub it in the ewes' nose, they will never bond. It's so bad that he often has to paint a number on the ewe and on the lamb and rub them together repeatedly or the ewe will neglect the young one who will starve and die. He needs to prod the ewe to do her motherly thing. Don't we all who have a shepherd often forget to listen to what is wise? Why do we keep hurting each other? Why do we neglect the weakest among us? One of the stories that I like best about the farm happened between my son Josh and my brother. One year, Josh wanted to spend a week on the farm to learn what that was like. So on the way back from Maine, where we'd spent a month on vacation, we dropped him off in Brattleboro. And as soon as we arrived, Andy, my brother, took Josh by the hand, told him which equipment to stay away from because it was dangerous, told him where he could go and where he shouldn't go. And then he said, Josh, do not play with the lambs. At the end of the week, they're going off to the slaughterhouse. Do not play with the lambs. Well, guess what Josh did all week? He played with the lambs. And when he woke up early Friday morning and went outside, he realized that all the lambs were in the back of my brother's truck and said, what are you doing? He says, I'm, my brother said, I'm taking them all off to the slaughterhouse. And the way I've heard the story, both from Andy and Josh, is that when Andy got in the truck and drove up the driveway, Josh stood at the foot of the driveway yelling, Murder! Murder! We have this good shepherd, you see. And week after week, through lessons, the good shepherd tries to teach us what is wise, tries to lead us into abundant life. The bad news is that many, most 
of us on many occasions. Like Josh, do not listen to that good shepherd. The good news is even when we don't listen, the shepherd remembers our name, still cares for us, and still wants to bring us home. You see, we have this good shepherd. And he wants to lead us into abundant life.